0: everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves tim how you doing
1: i'm doing great you know why i didn't know until about an hour ago it's friday afternoon that monday is a holiday and i don't have a day off work those things always What is it now it's president's day i'm i'm the worst at keeping up with that i never like it always this always happens so it's a nice treat so three-day weekend coming in Since when is that a holiday?
0: President's Day? It's always been a holiday. That can't be right. February 20th, President's Day. There you go. I'm now a Joe Biden fan. (laughs) It's not a new holiday. First time ever. But hey, I'll be uh, out of the country anyway, so I don't Yeah, when do you leave? Tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon. Hasta mañana. Arrivederci, as they say in Italy. You know, the we're, overnight flight we are that's, we are where we leave at noon, we get there at 11 am I but you lose I think six, seven hours, and there's some layover. I was having dinner with my friend last night, and he's like, so what do you where do you fly to? What's your layover situation?" I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I know we leave at noon, and then that's the extent of it. I'm so bad when it comes to that stuff. for the actual like specifics, I know when we leave, I know when we get there. I don't know where we're laying over. I don't know how many flights we're taking. I know we're getting there somehow in the next twenty-four hours. So that's all. That's all I know. But anyway,s yeah, we're leaving tomorrow. Tim, I'm in a bad mood. You're in a great mood. you know why? I was why? excited. Sorry, I should have waited for your answer. Go right <laughs> on, great on the guess, top. How here. many guesses do I get? <laughs> um, you get excited when you when you see a box score. You know what I mean? And, and I do that every night. I can't watch every game for Pete's sake. I have a life. I need to sleep. There's so many games, especially last night. I get excited in the morning when I wake up and I see the box score. Seattle, Philadelphia. Oh boy. Philly sucks. Seattle's doing well. There's some big boys in that game. Jamie Alexiak, Nick Delorier, Zach McEwen. Could be some fireworks. And lucky enough, there was a fight, a heavyweight tilt. Everybody forgets about Jamie Alexiak. He's a big, he's a big human. He's a big rig, 6'7", 250, you know? He's, he's not a small person out there. And he fought Nick DeLaurier. So I get all jacked up. I'm like, I'm going to wait. I don't want to watch it on my phone. want to watch it on the big screen. Go to work, fire it up. It's, it's, it's so disappointing. And we talked about it last week. We talked about it the week before. This is the definition of a modern-day fight. To a T. One willing combatant, Nick delorier who's not trying to protect himself. The other combatant, Jamie Alexiak, who weighs more than Nick Delorier, probably has five inches on him, maybe more, has no interest in fighting whatsoever. Why he dropped his gloves, I don't know. I didn't see the prelude to this fight. Maybe Nikki took a run at somebody and Alexiak felt compelled to to drop the gloves. I don't know. They're fighting. They're squaring off, they grab on. Alexiak takes his ear, buries it on Delorier's arm, and that's it. And just turns his head. That's it. Doesn't do anything to him. Doesn't throw a punch. Maybe throws a, a, a courtesy, haphazard punch that doesn't do anything. And that's it. Nikki's trying to engage him. He's trying to get him. He's trying to jab him. He's trying to like entice him to fight. Alexiak doesn't do anything. How was this guy not embarrassed? I'm sorry. You're six foot seven, six foot eight, 255 pounds. You look like a clown. And I can't say the words I want to say right now because this is a family show, but it's embarrassing. Don't you think you probably think it was great because you don't like violence. I think it's, it's so incredibly soft for this guy. Why even bother? You look way worse doing this than you ever would turning down a fight. No interest. And I feel bad for Nick DeLorean. Like, I thought I came to a fight and a hug fest broke out. Like, what, what What am I supposed to do? So I don't know. What did you think?
1: Well, I have no emotional attaches to this. I'm not fired up. I'm not disappointed. I'm not excited. I just, it was kind of a lame fight. I don't know why it sparks such, such animosity from you. I will say that one of the things that I, I've thought about, and maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong, but It seems like a lot of guys, especially Delorier's a scrapper. Alexiak's a big, tough guy. When I say big, strong guy, but not a scrapper. And so the window when the the fight starts, you either get your grip or you don't. And by the time he didn't get his grip in that first half a second, he decided not to fight, basically. Like maybe if things had opened up differently, he might have engaged because they didn't. He didn't get the way he wanted it to do. So he just wrote it out and waited for the refs to break it up. Is that something that happened where you can, where guys just, Either if they don't get the grip they want, they just stop. They don't
0: ride it out or what? I don't know. Like, he looked like he got a fine grip. I uh, You readjust. You adapt. You move on. You you try to win the fight. Gloria got some good uh, gut shots in there. Some kidney shots. Who cares? It's like you punch him in the stomach. It, it's not going to do lasting damage. You know what I mean? You want. I come for blood. That's what I come for. I don't want to see someone punch someone in the stomach. Yes, or knock me out with a stomach shot. Great. Big whoop, he hit me in the stomach. I, lo- I lost my breath. I don't think anyone's broken a rib in a hockey fight or a kidney shot's taken someone out for a couple weeks. <laughs> it's a useless punch. It, it's, just, it's just for show. It's saying, this guy doesn't want to fight. I'm going to hit him in the body because I I have nowhere else to punch him. It's just so dumb. So
1: big, big dummy John Scott, the big brute enforcer who wants blood, Mm -hmm. and he's bored by this fight. Is that the the narrative? You're damn right.
0: Yeah. I want the guy who's 6'7", 260 pounds to show a little heartbeat. The guy who's fought tough guys in this league to show up and try to win the fight. Nah, he's he's a modern-day howl gill doesn't not tough just there because he's tall that's a good comparison i think that's fair how skillsy by the way how gill i always didn't like him for whatever reason i just didn't like him i met him one time when i was training in boston great guy fantastic guy i was working on a body by Boyle, and he was there and we had an awesome time. I think we even went to dinner. If I if I recall, I can't remember. But beauty, like just a solid guy, took me aside talking. He played a ton of games in the NHL. I want to say he played over a thousand games because he he bounced around the league for a long time, didn't he? But anyways, that that's a whole other podcast. I would love him to have him on because he's a guy six seven two sixty, couldn't fight a lick. Yeah, he played eleven hundred games. But anyways. Just ruin my morning, ruin my day, not having a good time watching a junk fight like that. I feel like the Calgary Flames, Tim. I'm just in a bad mood. I'm in a pissy mood. You know, and things aren't going good. I've lost four or five, and I in the Calgary Flames right now, speaking to the third person, as the Calgary Flames. My goalies are garbage. They can't stop a beach ball. I thought I might have had something in Vlader. You've been humping on Darth Vlader for the last month, saying he's taking the net. He's taking the net. He sucks. Markstrom sucks. Everybody's stinking in Calgary. And now I got Alan Walsh throwing tweets out like it's 2021 and Marc-Andre Fleury still playing for the Vegas Golden Knights, talking about swords in the back. What is Alan Walsh saying, Tim, about the Calgary Flames?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so the Calgary lost again last night. They've lost four out of five. And Alan Walls, who's Huberto's agent, also famously Fleury's agent. I think he represents 28 different guys in the league. So he's one of the more well-known, definitely one of the more of the outspoken. And he said last night, <clears throat> the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Also, negativity sucks the joy right out of players. CC at NHL Flames. So he's tagging him directly, letting him know how he thinks. There's a lot you could unpack in this. The first thing, okay, definition of, an, of insanity. We talked about this before the show. What is the thing that they're doing over and over again? I don't watch all these games. What What is he calling out specifically? When I saw, I thought it was Markstrom, but Vladar started last night. So what's the thing that he's calling out, do you think?
0: I think he is insinuating the Calgary Flames depth chart because he's Huberto's agent. That's his star guy. And you got Huberto playing on the second line. I think that's what he's insinuating. You want Huberto up with Lindholm. You want him up with Toffoli. You want to give him the first power play minutes. You want to utilize your star player. He's not. He's on the second power play unit. He's on the second line. He's not the guy that Alan Walsh thinks he should be. So I think that's what he's touching on. I don't know. I don't know what else it could be. It has to be that. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe, and and maybe it's something to do with the X's and O's or the lineup, like you said. And then the the second half of this also negativity sucks the joy right out of players at NHL Flames. Okay, who's negativity?
0: He's talking Darryl, about Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter. That's the, that's the coach. Yeah. Okay. Like he he. It, that's that's clear to me. Daryl Sutter. Every press conference, the guys just and rightfully so. What is there to be happy about? If you're a Calgary flame coach right now, you're on the outside looking in, you have a team that before the season started, you were talking Stanley cup. You had an incredible off season. You filled all the gaps that was, you know, that were made when you let Johnny hockey go and Matthew Kachuk go and you brought in cadre, you bought in, you know, Huberto and Weger, your defense got better. The goalies are going to have a better year this year. It's going to be great. And now you're, you're out of the playoffs right now as it stands. Like it's, it's unbelievable in a Western conference that is just atrocious. Like, let's not, I know I say that a lot, but it's a, it's a bad conference, Tim. And they're on the outside looking in, they're looking up at teams. They have no business looking up at. So that's what he's alluding to. And if I'm Daryl Sutter, I'm like, yeah, our team sucks. Like what? Do you want me to be like rainbows and butterflies at the press conference? Uh, I don't know. I Alan Walsh started Octagon Hockey with Matt Louis, Louis, and that's who my agency is. Ben Hankinson, one of the best agents in the world, is kind of associated with them. He's missing the mark here, if you ask me. His his player's been lackluster this year. When you're looking at the off season and you're losing a Johnny Gaudreau and you're trying to replace him, you go, okay, Jonathan Huberto, Johnny Hockey, they both got 115 points. Let's do it. You know, it's it's going to be a seamless transition. Huberto's got 36 points. He's dashed two. He's stunk all year long. I don't know what Johnny Hockey has, but I'm guessing it's a point per game clip he's on right now. And Huberto's had a terrible, terrible season. He got 10 goals. In 52 games, not what they wanted. He hasn't even started his new mega deal that he got for them when he signed, when he came over. What You want Daryl Sutter to be happy? I don't know. What's the outcome of this? Is he trying to get Huberto traded before his deal even kicks in? Is he trying to get Daryl Sutter fired? What is the outcome of this, Tim? I don't know. I don't like when an agent sticks a nose in right now and does this. It never works out well for the player or the team or the coach. It just ends messy because it's not like you're not going to deal with this guy ever again. Hello, you're an agent. You talk to GMs and coaches all the time. It's like shut your mouth and do your job. I don't know. Right. Right. Well, this
1: is the same guy that tweeted two years ago, the picture of Marc-Andre Fleury with a sword in his back in Vegas. Like this is, and that didn't go well. Fleury ended up getting traded and, and Fleury, you know, nothing happened bad to him other than being moved out of town. It was the, it was the, the Knights who looked bad. But like you said, it gets dirty. It gets messy when agents get involved like this. And I want to make a good distinction because you said two weeks ago, you were calling out Sutter for the same thing. You watch a press conference. You see what he says about his players in the media. Yeah, we suck. What do you want me to say? Blah, blah, blah. And that's that's right for you to say that. But for the agent to say it, he represents the player making the most money on this team. And so he knows directly how it's impacting the guys. If he's speaking directly for Huberto or is it an observation? Like he's got a sense of how Sutter, it, what he's saying and what he's doing is impacting the locker room more than you do. Where you're speculating, you're talking about what you're observing. He's there. He's involved. He's in the know. And so he's sending a message very clearly. And I think to answer your question, it probably is to get Sutter out of there. I mean, the negativity is not going to change. That's who Sutter is. He's an old school, grumpy, mumbling guy. And so he's not going to change because Aaron Walsh is being passive aggressive on Twitter. But if that's what his end goal is, I think that's that's sort of that's clear now.
0: Well, you dug up some interesting stats just going back to his insanity thing. He's begging his player to be played more. He wants him to be put in better positions. Johnny Huberto's getting a full two and a half minutes less per game this year than he did last year. He's averaging sixteen fifty five this year. Last year he was averaging almost twenty minutes a game. That's a, that's a big dip in yeah. ice time. And two since minutes does sound
1: like a lot. Just it's for, a sorry. lot, Tim. How, that, how much is it? Like
0: how that's big of a deal half is a, that? That's a half a periods worth of ice. So that's that's a lot. That's six shifts, seven shifts of ice. So that's that's a lot of ice time. He's logging less than that in the last two months. Less than 15 minutes a game since January 1st. Fifteen minutes is a third liner. Like that's a lot of minutes, Tim. So for a guy who's used to playing tons of power play minutes, first line minutes, offensive zone face-offs, getting every opportunity. And now you come to Calgary and you're getting second power play minutes, which means you're getting the tail end. You're getting maybe 40 seconds at the most of just inopportune time. You're getting on a change where the other teams dumped it down the ice. You have to regroup, it. you have to break it in. By the time you get in the zone set up, you, you have like 22 seconds tops. So that that's not inducive for him to get any points whatsoever. And he's just he's upset about it. He's probably complaining to his agent. He's not doing well. He wants a change. I want a new coach. Last year, he had a free flowing style with Andrew Brunette. And it's a different atmosphere in Calgary. You think he regrets signing that big deal? (laughs) You think he's having buyer's remorse? Like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have signed that big eight year, $10.5 million deal. I don't know. Maybe Johnny Goudreau was onto something. Well, just check was onto something.
1: One more thing uh, on the Flames here. I want to touch on the goalies because you said they're bad. They've both been really bad. They are both uh, they both have save percentage under 900 right now. And we're talking about this is middle through middle of uh, February. So there's a lot of games being played here where the sample size is plenty to say these guys are not having a good season. And they're both under contract for multiple more years. Markstrom has three after this year. Vladar has two more after this year. He just signed an extension going from 750 to two, 2200. And now it's like... What do you do with with that? And I I have been pushing for Vladar because I I tweeted this out a few weeks ago at the end of January. In the month of January, Vladar went five zero and one. Markstrom went one four and one. And so there was the beginning of a, of a little bit of a net change or changing of the guard in, in Calgary. Markstrom gets a bunch more starts in a row, doesn't play that well. You put Vladar in, he lets up five goals. Like what do you what do you do? And going back to like the playoff picture, they're on the outside looking in. And don't you need a good goalie? And don't you need your best players to perform? I know I'm overstating the obvious, but like they're not going to make the playoffs. And even if they
0: did, no one's afraid of them. No, no, one, no one's afraid of them whatsoever, which is sad. I, yeah, the the promise was there. They they do have some good pieces, but it just goes to show you really, like I, I said a couple of minutes ago, how, how valuable Kachuk and Gaudreau were to this team. Those those were good hockey players you lost. So what are you gonna do? A first line of Dube, Lindholm, and Toffoli is not scary. That's a that's a good team's third line, if we're being frank, right? This is this yeah. is not this is not a good team. Huberto's not producing. Godry's playing well. I'll give him that. But it's it's you're not scaring anybody. I thought they were gonna be a lot more dangerous than they than they are. So uh, what do you do? You can't get them all right. Friend of the show, Lucic, he's doing everything he can. You know, will he <laughs> there's get only moved? so much the guy can do? There's only so much he can do. He sees, you know, is he going to get traded? That'll be the interesting thing. Come trade. So. Are these guys yeah. sellers? You got Luch. You got Trevor Lewis, who would be a valuable piece. Brett Ritchie, valuable piece. Rumors are they already want to move on from Mackenzie Weger. He hasn't even started his new deal. It's kicks in kicks in next year for eight years at 6.25. So there's a lot of moving parts in Calgary right now. What, who are we? Are are we a team that's going to compete for a cup this year? We have no cap space. Do we have to reload and reevaluate who we're going to move forward with? I don't know. I think you're stuck with a lot of these guys. So it's just it's the nature of the beast. You lost two studs. You tried to bring in Caudry and Huberto to replace them, and it's not working out very well so far, Tim. All right, moving on. The wild card. Let's get away from this disgusting Western Conference playoff picture where it's just... It turns my stomach as much as Jamie Oleksiak trying to fight turns my stomach. Let's move on to the East. The Beasts, I like to call them the juggernaut of the NHL right now, where it's just coming down to the home stretch. We're approaching the 60 game mark. There'll be 22 games left soon. It is an insanely bunched up group for the wildcard, Tim. When you look at the West, yeah. There's three teams that are vying for two spots, Calgary, Minnesota, Edmonton. They're all, they're all vying for those two wildcard spots. When you look in the East, Tim, my goodness, there's Pittsburgh, there's Washington, Florida, Islanders, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa, Philly. They're all within 10 points of each other. That's eight teams vying for two spots. And I know I'm being generous with, generous with Philly, but they're there. They're, they're they're within spitting distance of Pittsburgh and Washington right now. How fun is this? Break down the Eastern Conference Wild Card Tim for me.
1: Well, I mean, I'm glad you included those, those last two teams, Senators and Flyers, but it gets even tighter than that. When you look at the teams that are really in contention, there are six teams within five points of each other. You've got the Penguins and Capitals locking down those two wild card spots, and they've been more or less the two teams who have been there all season long. Then you dig a little further and it's like they got 63 and 62 points respectively. Florida, 62 points. Islanders, 61. Detroit, who has won five in a row, by the way. They're looking really good right now. Larkin earning his paycheck. Uh, they have 60. And and so they're, all these teams are right there. What do you do with it? Buffalo, 58. And that's well, a team. They've, they've won what, six out of their last 10. Detroit's won seven out of their last 10. Ottawa's, Ottawa's won, won seven, seven
0: of their last 10. These teams are all winning. It's so they're interesting. all playing very, very well. I just look at what well, you look at games played. Pittsburgh does have a few in hand. Buffalo has some few in hand, and so does Ottawa. Things could get really interesting. I think the top six are already locked in. Rangers, Jersey, Carolina, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, they're not moving. They're not going anywhere. Pittsburgh, they falter at times, then they write the ship. I don't trust them fully. Washington, with Ovechkin being out, yeah, they've lost three in a row. They're struggling. They need to write the ship. They need Ovi back. I don't know when he's coming back, but they need him back if they have any chance of making the playoffs. When I look at this picture right now, the teams that I like, I'm telling you, call me crazy right now. I like Detroit and Buffalo. I like the way they're playing. I like how they're youthful. They still have a lot of legs. These guys haven't been in this situation before, and they're excited. For whatever reason, Pittsburgh and Washington are always tied together. For the last two decades, it's been Pittsburgh (laughs) and Washington. I think this is the year where they both just missed the playoffs. And it's fitting that they're both in the wildcard right now, and they got these young teams chasing them. I know the Islanders picked up Bo Horvat. They're kicking the tires on a couple other players. Rumor has it they actually had a deal in place for Patrick Kane. And Kane is like, no, I'm not going to the island. Sorry. No, no, thanks. But anyways, that, that's a whole other topic. I think this is a year for Buffalo and Detroit, Tim. I know they're sitting fifth and sixth right now in the wild card rankings. They have some games in hand. They're playing very, very good hockey. And I just think it's that youthful exuberance. Just that little extra chip on their shoulder, the Penguins and the Caps have been there. They've done it. They've won Stanley Cups. They're older. Maybe they don't have the drive that they used to. If I'm taking a a, a pick between a Tage Thompson or an Ovechkin, I'm going Tage Thompson. He's got more to prove. That's just the way I see it. I'm taking those two guys. I, I, I know it's very, very unrealistic for both of them to make it, but I think one of those two teams will get in. The Sabres or the Red Wings. Do you think well, it- what would be the most boring outcome of these six teams? What Islanders, be Florida? Players? Yeah. I think maybe. Isles, oh. Well, the Horvat thing makes it a little bit more interesting in on in, in Long Island. Um Yeah, nobody wants Florida in. I think can no. we just agree on that? Nobody wants them in. Pittsburgh, Washington, they have the superstar. It's sexy, right? When you see Ovi in there, when you see Crosby in there, it gets me going. The juices start flowing. Florida, nothing. Doesn't do anything for me. Islanders, <sighs> I don't know. You know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't really move the needle for me. Detroit, original six, love it. Friends of the show, Mo Cider, Alex Ndelkovich. Who's the D-Man we I interviewed? Oosterly. Osterlausen. Oh, he's there. Osterly. Well and Buffalo, one, my favorite player.
1: One of the favorite teams. Many friends of the show there. Um hey. we had well at least one one of the listeners sent this in last night the rangers are six in the west eastern conference with 72 points that's more points than every team in the west all of them and are they're playing making, tougher teams they're yeah, playing are you making my point for me
0: stronger teams. are you, you never, finally drinking the kool-aid tim <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, I know. Every time we talk about that, some listener from like Anaheim comes in with some stat that says the East are like sub 500 against Western Conference teams. It happens fairly like every couple of
0: months. Someone sends that into us every time. I know. Just I don't know how anybody in their right mind can look at the strength of each conference. And even it's not it's even close. You know what I mean? There is especially with how Colorado's been playing, they've been struggling. Right, all season long, haven't found their game. Injuries, this and that. Stanley Cup hangover. Who knows? Is there any team in the West, other than Colorado, that scares you one iota? No. Maybe Dallas. No, Tim. Don't. No. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess the only one that could, if Edmonton made it to the Cup Finals, no, I I would be afraid of them. Why? I don't think they will because they would have proven that they can beat teams in a seven game series and have those, that dynamic of an offense, that dynamic of a roster. Like it's like same as Maple Leafs. Like no one's afraid of them in the first round, but if they made it to the cup finals, that's not a team you want to play. So that's how I look at that. But, but it, no, no, I, I, uh, I've been loving Dallas. I think I might be rooting for the Kings too. When we pick our teams and <laughs> our brackets,
0: you I can't like just I pick like three or four teams and say, I, you know, I like Dallas. I've been loving Edmonton. Oh, and the Kings are great. I love it. It's like you just <laughs> my, your bet on every team. One of my, one of my buddies, like back when we were in high school, we're
1: like imagining what kind of players would be when we made it to the NHL. Like maybe even younger, like 14 yeah. or something. And he was like, and he wasn't joking. He was like, I would be like a skill guy who scores a lot, but also is physical and also crazy fights. tough. Yeah. Fights <laughs> and, and blocks shots and like gets back. I played a few shifts a game on defense. He was dead. He's kept going. And he's was like, yeah, he passes really well. Great vision, good hands. And I'm like, okay, you're describing like a robot. It was good. At and everything. then I
0: win the Vesna too. Cause I play goalie sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're showy Otani from the Anaheim angels. All of a sudden I'm Babe Ruth. And I'm a good pitcher. Who's a good pitcher in baseball? Uh, one er- yeah, like an older one. I meant like a Babe Ruth there. But Babe Ruth pitched too. He's like, he but anyways, in the, I'm the opposite where I just dump on everybody. <laughs> I'm like this team sucks. These guys are brutal. Nobody's good. But and then I pick the one team that's like bad and I think they're good.
1: Hey, here we go. Breaking news. Okay. Here. Not quite breaking news, but um, I just saw this tweet. Wisniewski retweeted it. Hoover was asked about Alan Walsh's tweet on Thursday night. And he said, quote, it doesn't come from me. Hmm. Um, and he said he was asked if he <laughs> preferred news. <laughs> that Walsh not to have sent that tweet. He goes, yeah, I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. So he felt compelled to go out and say, hey, I know this tweet's going viral. I had nothing to do with it. You don't well, think that's he probably worthy? he
0: probably got asked, a reporter said, What do you think of your agent's tweet? And he's like, I had nothing to do with it. I wish I wish he would keep his mouth shut. Yeah, it's fine. He doesn't believe that, by the way. He's talked to his agent and his agent has said, I'm gonna say something. An agent doesn't go out of his way to say something so controversial to a kid who's gonna be paid $80 million by a team i've
1: been uh i've been re-watching entourage lately and ari gold's always doing stuff but it's funny watching like w- when they when they represent their their clients versus when they go rogue you never know friend of the show <laughs>
0: almost uh, connelly isn't it
1: oh kevin connelly yeah but the kevin. other guy um ari gold's actor that played him jeremy piven
0: he, he wanted to be on the show but didn't get didn't he get in hot water for like the me too stuff yeah he got canceled he uh, was like he was really desperate to be on the show or he kept messaging us. He's like, Hey, I love the show. You guys, uh, he, was, I- he thought you were still on the sharks. He wanted you to come to some shows. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and I remember we said like, Hey, sounds great, man. Haven't played in San Jose in four years, but
0: yeah. <laughs> he's a, yeah. He's gone now. I don't think he's done anything. I don't even know what mm-hmm. he did with the me too. He must've did something bad. I don't know. Are you nervous? Something's going to come out from you now, Tim, now you're famous. <laughs> no, I, got, I got no skeletons. I don't either, but it's funny when all that stuff was going on, my wife was like, Is there, like, do I to be worried about something? Yeah, say, say something now. Everybody was getting just roasted. You know, everything was, and she's like, is there like something that, cause there was even a me too movement in the hockey world that it didn't go mainstream, but stuff was going on. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Like, <laughs> who knows, honey. It's a, it's a, it's this crazy world we're living in right now. But anyways, all right. What were we talking about? Eastern conference. I think the Sabres and Red Wings are going to get in. Who do you think? Who are you taking? Are you taking Washington, Pittsburgh still?
1: Uh, not Washington. I'll take Pittsburgh and, um, I really want Buffalo. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh and, and Islanders,
0: which isn't ah, the most exciting, but yeah, it's not, it's just wash, rinse and repeat with those guys it, it, at the end of the day, it's going to be Boston and Tampa Bay. Can we just agree with it? Like, they're just, a, I, I want Carolina to get in there. I want New Jersey. I want the Rangers in Toronto. What is it? Those two teams are they're so strong. They're so good it's so good Tim. all right moving on what else are we going to talk about we're going to talk about a hall of famer in your state tim carolina hurricanes deduct the this is what this is strange to me he's the first carolina hurricane to enter the hall of fame ron francis
1: no 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 the first to enter the hurricanes hall of
0: fame what that's surprising to me but that's good for him who cares he's entering the hurricanes hall of fame why is this even on the c- agenda?
1: The ceremony was last night. It was really nice. Brenda Moore was there. Yeah, he's a coach. Um, of course, he was there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I heard Fair Seth enough.
0: Jarvis was there. I heard. Yeah, I heard a couple of guys were there.
1: Hat trick last night, Seth Jarvis, friend of
0: the show. I actually Big game. Did you? I I like texting these young guys because they just text back right away. <laughs> they're always on their phone. What their response is rate is so fast. I texted him a gif of somebody saying hat trick and he just gave me a thumbs up. It wasn't a, you yes. know, nothing exciting. Just but the old poke. guys they, <laughs> yeah. they don't they don't respond back at all. They're like they're much like me, where we just whatever. Who cares? <laughs> all right. Alex Debrinkett is not a friend of the show. He um apparently will not be traded by the Ottawa Senators. That is interesting. Alex Debrinkit going into his RFA year, he will be. I guess he could sign an offer sheet with another team. They're not trading him. What do you make of this? They obviously want him long term.
1: Yeah. Let me uh, read the full quote here. Alex Debrinkit is not being traded. No chance. We'll see what happens before the end of the season. If we sign a contract before him, but he's not getting traded and the article on NHL.com. So they're also not moving on from Hamannick or Brassard. even though, I mean, I guess they have an outside chance they can get hot and they, you know, anything could happen, but they're not going to make the playoffs this year. And so is it that they've decided like, okay, this is their group. They want to keep it all together and bring it back next year and hope they get a different result. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I like to bring it. Obviously they like what they see from him. I know you're not as high in, as high on him as some other guys are. So, I don't know. If you trade him, you're kind of trading him. You're kind of selling low on him, right? Because he didn't have a great season, the season that they thought he'd have, especially for a contract year. So I don't know. What do you make of this?
0: Well, you know, you gave up a first, you gave up a second, and you gave up a third to get this guy last year. He was a part of the package that was going to put you over the hump. Being in Codgeroo, get Cam Talbot. This was it. This was the, the year for the Ottawa Senators. It hasn't been the year. So what do you do? You regroup and you and you try again next year. You can't just give up on this guy. And no shocker to me, apparently a shocker to everybody else. Oh, he's not scoring as much as he did last year and the year before and the year before that. Oh, I wonder why. Because he's not writing shotgun to Patrick Kane, dum-dums. Everybody thought this guy was manifesting his own goals he's he's producing his own chances he's going to be you know he'll get 40 at least 35 it's not going to be an issue he's got 18 goals 18 you thought he was going to get 40 i did yeah (laughs) yeah are you insane he's lucky to get 25 right now contract season i we all did everyone but you uh, he's he he played with patrick kane I don't think people realize the bump you get when you play with a guy like that and you have any kind of ability. Now I'm not saying Kaner's doing the same for Max Domi and Philip Khrush- Khrushchev. Those guys aren't Alex DeBrink. Alex to is a good player, but he's not playing with the Patrick Kane. And that is a, it's, it's clear as day you're playing with the Ridley Gregg and a Claude Giroux. Not the same. He's got 18 goals. What is really the funny part here is, you know, Ottawa offered him a big contract when he came in, he gets there, does the big press conference, you know, he went back and started negotiating instantly, instantly with, uh, who's their GM, Pierre Dorian, but he's like, you know what? Let's hold off. I'm going to wait. I'm going to see how the season goes. They were probably throwing $8 million at him, eight and a half million dollars to thought he was worth more $10 million. What is this number going to look like now? not as high as it would have been last year, Tim, not nearly as high. What does he get? So, so that that's
1: my question too, because he's 25 years old. He's still in RFA, hasn't had as strong a season as he would like. You, and you have to think he'll be better next year. I mean, all those young kids are going to be better next year. Did he sign a bridge deal? Do you see a one or two year deal that brings him to UFA status and chance to go earn some more money and prove himself? Or do you try to lock it up
0: before it gets worse? I want to go back because I don't really believe what you just said. All these young kids will be better next year. Why? What? Kachuk's been in the league for four
1: years. I'm talking about the...
0: Batherson's been in the league for four years. Same with Joseph. Stutzel's been around for a long time. It's not like (laughs) these guys are going to get so much better. Is that who you're talking
1: about? Yeah, Stutzla, you mean 21-year-old Stutzla, 22-year-old Shane Pinto, 23-year-old Brady Kachuk, 24-year-old Batherson. I know they've been around, but we've how much time have we spent talking about that it takes several years? Look at what Kirby Doc went through. It takes, it takes time. And so these guys are already producing, and they're being pretty good players. Kachuk is an elite player, I would say, if you, if you factor in the powered forward angle of it.
0: They're going to get better. No, yes. No, not they're, that much better. Stutzel, Batherson have both played almost 200 games. Kachuks played almost 350. These guys have been around. They've been the guys on this team for a year now where it's like, this is your team. They get all the minutes. They get all the power play time. It's not like they're all of a sudden going to, oh, we're way better now because we're 24. We're way better. We did so much. We did something in the offseason that was so insane that we didn't do when we were 23 and 22 and 21. No, this is like this. Is, they might get a little bump, Tim. They're good players. That's what I mean. They're good. They're not going to get that much better. I'm sorry. This A couple, couple friends of the show, too. But to, to think that they're all of a sudden going to find it and click. I, no, I, I don't see that happening. You, you can compare them to other players who were that age. The the Tampa Bay Lightning's Tampa Bay was making the playoffs and losing to good teams. They were gaining experience. These guys aren't gaining anything. Getting better at the golf game. Hey, that's about it. Like I, I don't see a world where all of a sudden, like Kachuk goes into the off season, has a birthday, and now he's twenty four, and he's all of a sudden he's a pretty good player as it is, right?
1: I mean, you, everything you said is fine. is fair, but I still disagree <laughs> with all of it. Like these guys, they're coming up together. They're struggling together. They're being young players all at the same time. And of course, it's not going to like t- flip a switch where they go from being 50 point players to 80 point players overnight. And all of a sudden they're a playoff team. It doesn't happen that way. But like, generally speaking, when you have a young core coming up together, they're going to get better each age. If you keep them together, or they should. And all the teams have done it. All these teams, have, all the good teams in the league have had done it in some form or other. I don't know why this seems such a, a challenging idea that you think they already, because they've already played 200 games, the fact that they're 22 makes no difference. Yes, it does, John. It definitely does. And so I think in anything, it, it helps their case. It accelerates their growth faster because they've already learned so much and gotten so much experience. I think this is a team that could all... You know that too. Buffalo is no, kind of similar. I don't. Well, Buffalo. Here's the thing: you, you Paige, can... Darlene, Cousins. Look what they were. They were borderline NHL players two years ago. And now look what they're doing. You Out don't think the playoffs, Ottawa could so... do
0: that? I think Buffalo is in a better position than Ottawa is just because they haven't had the amount of time together. Tage Thompson is relatively new to his situation as Buffalo. You got Darlene, who's finally growing into his game. You can compare him to other teams that have won Stanley Cups. The the last team we won the cup, the Colorado Avalanche. They had the young core, right? They had McKinnon, they had Ranton in they had they weren't twenty-one. But they, were, they were twenty. They were twenty-one five years ago. And what were they doing five years ago? Losing in the first round. Next year, losing in the conference finals. Next year, losing in the conference semifinals. Next year, losing in the com- they were getting into the playoffs and they were showing signs of success. So they were doing things to get into the playoffs. The Ottawa Centers haven't done anything haven't gone anywhere. They won't make the playoffs this year. So I don't know, you know, how they can build off of that. When these these young guys, they're not gaining any kind of experience by just losing and not making the playoffs. I, I don't know. I, I get you'll get a little better, but I don't think it's enough of a jump to be like Stanley Cup contenders. But there's, so- this is another different thing with Buffalo. Buffalo does have a little bit of room to go out and get some players. Ottawa is going to be up against the cap when all of these contracts kick in. Right now, they're $3 million under the cap, and these big deals haven't clicked in for Tim Stutzel and um, what's his name? Um, Artem Zub, their young defenseman. Buffalo is going to have some money to to spend if they get away from Jeff Skinner. They're losing Okposo off the books. You're going to lose Olofsson and Middlestad if you want to re up them. I feel like it's a different situation with Buffalo, but it's similar.
1: That's a false equivalency.
0: I don't know what that means. You're too smart for me when you say stuff like that.
1: You're jarring parallels that aren't there in that situation because you're talking about Buffalo's ability to be a competitor moving forward because of the cap space they have versus Ottawa's. That's not relevant to what I'm talking about. I'm talking to what Buffalo is already broken out because of all their young players going through toughness and coming up and growing up to growing into NHL players together at the same time. And then all of a sudden one season, it all just works. I know they're not a playoff team yet, but their stars are stars. And it's happening right now. I don't think they've broken out yet. Ottawa probably even better. Even better, Ottawa could be that that group too. And and going back to this, okay, so you think they're going to be exactly the
0: same team next year with no if difference? If not worse, yeah, because <laughs> this is this is the year they went all in. This is the year debrinkits go all demand, in. going to demand more money next year. You think he's going to come back for six point four? No, no, he's going to want. They more. should
1: they should trade him. I don't agree with that. Claude
0: Giroux for two more years at six point five. Do you think he's going to get better, being 37, 38? No. No. Travis Hominick will be gone. You get that $3 million back. I get that. They won't be better next year. Maybe a slight tick. When you look at the Sabres, they have not gone all in yet. If we're going to do this parallel, Sabres have not signed a big ticket guy. They re their young guys, Tage Thompson, Dylan, Dylan Thomas, Matthews, Matias Samuelson. They're going to probably rework and get Darlene under wraps. You're going to lose Ocposo. They haven't gone all in yet. They don't even have a goalie for Pete's sake. They're paying their goalies, four of them, $4 million combined. Neither do the Senators. They don't have one either. Tim, they went out and got Cam Talbot this year. One year, and he's not even playing. But that was their all-in attempt. They went out and they said, we're going to go get Cam Talbot. He's a good goalie. They paid him $3.6 million for Pete's sake. But that w- that was their attempt this year. I'm just saying you can't draw parallels to those two teams you're the one doing start, it, start, but you're the one who started and then say, we get just a false equivalency. We can't do it. We can't do it. I'm like, they're, they're not at the same point. Buffalo is going to have a ton. Of, Buffalo was still $18 million under the cap this year. Tim.
1: Okay. Okay. So, so, okay. So Alex to yeah. bring
0: yeah. Alex to What did, what did they do with him after we started? Well, you got to resign him. At this point, you got to, you know, you traded for him. You gave up a first and a second. You have you're to not trading
1: up. him away. What? But I don't understand. Look at they playing that paying and I was next year's salary: Kachuk eight point two, Giroux six point five, Batherson five, Chabot eight, Zaitsev four and a half, Zuv four and a half, and then you're gonna have Josh Norris just about eight million dollars. Stutzel eight point three. Yeah, they're they're paying a lot of money. Right. And so where does the brink how are you going to fit that guy in when he's not even I don't know why they're not trading him. They should trade him
0: now. They should. But they won't because they're stubborn and they traded for this guy and they gave up bad sets, so they're going to give him 8 million dollars or they do a bridge deal like you said and give him 9 million for 3 years. There you go. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I'm not a GM. But I do know how to read a team. This team won't win a cup. I'm sorry. Unless unless they get rid of Giroux, unless they get rid of DeBrinket, and surround those other guys with valuable pieces, Giroux was a fun piece to get coming home. You know, feel good story. He's played okay. Yeah, hasn't played great. Same with DeBrinket. They played okay. I don't think they're going to get that much better. They got to get. They 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 need to work on their defense. It isn't that great. They obviously, like we said, need to work on their goaltenders. Although Kevin uh, Mandelisi. Played pretty well the other night. He had something stupid like 48 saves for a, a shutout, I think, or he yeah, he played decent the other night. But you can't expect that every night. Plus, he's a tall boy, six foot five. You gotta love that. But anyways, I think the Brinkett will get eight million dollars for three years. That'll be his contract. I think that's a happy medium for both player and team. Overpay for this season underpay if he goes back to the player he was in Chicago, which he won't because he won't have Patrick Kane to give him the give him the puck for a tap in.
1: What um I know it's it's more complicated than just age, but what age would they become UFA? Is it twenty five or
0: twenty-six? Twenty five, yeah. Okay. It's not and that so crazy.
1: so so if he signed a one year deal to be a UFA next year? Yes. I think it's will a one year deal. We've seen a lot of players do that recently, sign one-year deals. He's not going to get the money he wants from Ottawa. The, the cap's just not there. And I think he wants to prove haters like you wrong and say, hey, I can carry a line. I can be a goal scorer. I can be that guy for, for you know a lock on the top line without a superstar in my wing. So I think he wants to prove it. I don't know if he's right, but I think he believes it. And so I think he'll want to go out and do a one-year deal, be a UFA next year, be the top three to five free agent on the market,
0: and go get your money then. Think think Ottawa's going to let him do that? No. Well, or they just don't sign him. Yeah, I, I, I don't was think, not going to sign him to a one-year deal. I don't think he's going get, to get what he wants from them. You don't always get what you want. I tell my kids that all the time. All right, enough of this. Let's talk about what everybody's talking about. It's the talk of the NHL, Twitterverse, Instagram. Everybody's talking about this. The big stadium series this weekend, Tim. It's in Raleigh, your home state. Are people going nuts for this game versus the Washington Capitals? Traffic is backed up all the way to Charlotte.
1: I can't even get It's crazy. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I knew about this game just because like, I check NHL.com daily pretty much. Actually, I want to talk about something about that too. Um, but no, no one cares about this. And and the weather is not going to be ideal. I think it's going to be in the 50s. And so, Yeah hope for the best hope it's a nice game hope everyone plays well and no one gets hurt but that's about all i care about it
0: so no uh, no no advertising no thoughts on that how the game is just completely not even plugged like nobody cares about it it's not even on the nhl's homepage. like where is it oh it's there now sorry i ju- it just uploaded it's there now the stadium series ready for prime time it's just embarrassing that's it i uh
1: I know. And so uh, just coming back to keeping up with the NHL, Mikey Anderson, a defenseman for the LA Kings, just signed an eight year deal, 4.1 million. Now I am at at a minimum an above average consumer of hockey content and, and NHL news. I am all over it daily. I have never heard of this kid. Do I just like, how is a guy I've never heard of who's already played several years, signing an eight year deal. And I don't know about it. Makes I need to reevaluate because what am I, how am I, how did I miss him? And I tweeted about this and someone said, if you, if you guys talked about someone other than, than Vancouver, you'd know, which is hey, fair enough. But apparently he's been playing with Doughty the last couple of years he's a good young player. It's similar to that Rasmus Anderson deal
0: in uh, Buffalo. And he's well, like yeah. a security blanket. He doesn't score many points. He's got like Eight a years. season, a season high of 13 points. He's never had more than two goals in any season. You know, so he's not your sexy point getter, but I guess if he's a nice security blanket for Drew Dowdy, how would you know about this guy, right? Like he, he doesn't do anything fantastic. He's just a good, solid stay at home defenseman. That's all. So I don't I know, blame but him.
1: I could roughly put together like most rosters, honestly. I,
0: I don't know how this guy stuck under my radar, but good for him. But, a fourth yeah. rounder. I know all about him. He's from Roseville, Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. What's Fourth his height and weight? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's probably six foot, 194. I don't know. 180 centimeters. But he, um, gosh, it's not like I have it right in front of me. May 25th, 1999. But uh, I don't know. it's one of those signings where he's like, all right, this guy will just be our solid first penalty kill unit, ride shotgun to Drew Doughty or whoever it is. But the bigger question is, does this take them out of the running for Jacob Chitron? You get your defenseman. You look at your back end. You're like, okay, we got Brant Clark coming in. We know we're not going to get rid of him. We got Drew Doughty for another four more seasons. We got Matt Matt Roy, Michigan Tech alum, who's playing really well. Sean Dersey, Sean Walker. Where does Chitron fit in now? Or does he at all? Does does this take him out? I think it might.
1: No, I don't know. think it has any impact on that. I think Anderson was always in their long-term plan. And Chitron... Is the guy they want?
0: I don't think it'll impact that. Well, based on your thought process, Anderson should be an all-star next year because he's turning a year older. That's right. Yep. Yes. Everybody who gets older gets dramatically better. You
1: increase your point percentage 20% each year that you get older. Until you reach 31, then it goes
0: down 20% each year. Is that the year? Okay.
1: Uh, Depends. For defensemen, it's probably
0: later. So, yeah. What if you're Ovechkin and you're chasing the goal-scoring record? I thought Ovechkin hit his wall two years ago, according to you. That's what I said, but the, you said he kept getting better. I don't know. I'm he just is. trying to see where your head's at. There's actually bigger
1: news, John, we should wrap up with, is that Jake Dabrowski is returning to the Bruins lineup tomorrow. I kind of buried the lead there, the most important news at the very end. But, yeah, he got, he got hurt in the,
0: uh, the New Year's Gay game, and now he's back. It's good. zaka has been playing well. Craig Smith's been playing well in his absence. It's just the rich get richer. Who cares? They they, they won 5 0 last night. It was great. Yeah. Who did they beat? Nashville. Nashville stinks. Someone threw a fish on the ice. Did you see that?
1: Yeah. Catfish. Why? I don't know. They're not happy in Nashville. Why? They haven't done anything right. And I think I saw a good tweet about this. The idea is that. Nashville is is sort of pandering to like the fact that they'll they'll get they'll sell out games or they'll sell tickets because it's such a tourist city. And so like they don't have to worry as much about building that base of diehards the way that other cities do just because it's so many people are visiting every single week and
0: a lot of people check out games. And so they whatever I don't know how how true it is, but so they're insinuating that they're not trying to win hockey games because they know they'll sell out. Correct. They, well, they the I don't know. Join. Oh, I don't know. Remember when I said at the beginning of the year, Philippe Forsberg was going to when the Rocket was shared? <laughs> yeah, when is it time to revisit those? I don't know, but he's got 19 goals. <laughs> it's not going well. Friend of the show, Ryan McDonough.
1: He got rocked last night by Connor what? Clifton. Did he? Big time. The worst type of hit, too, because he got launched like four feet from the boards into the boards.
0: It's yeah, it was bad. It was good for, for Clifton, but yeah, he got rocked. He doesn't get hit much, Mac. He's one of those players who are very smart on the ice. High IQ on that guy. He's only got one goal. Oof, He's having a bad year. Can we ever remove someone from friend of the show status? Who would you like to remove? Well, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never do that. But, anyways, I think that's enough, Tim. The next time we talk to you, I'll be across the pond, over, uh over in Rome. Isn't yeah, don't exciting? forget to bring your mic with you. I'm not bringing my mic. No, I'm just going to bring my computer, my wife's computer. Okay. Hopefully, it turns out. If not, we just won't have an episode for ten days with me in it. You can just do it. You can do it. You'll be fine. But hopefully, I'm there. Anyways, everybody, I hope you have a good weekend. I know I will. We fly in with a baby. See how it goes. I'll talk to everybody Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a member of the nation network of podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode.